What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. So what is going on Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 53 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, do we have some college football news to talk about? A lot of key commitments. We actually had some players, you know, switch schools. We actually had Notre Dame. They lost one of their highest ranked recruits in the 2023 class. We will talk about that at the beginning of the episode. And then later on in the episode, we'll talk about some NFL news, some signings, and actually some players that are skipping OTAs due to contract situations that they're just not happy about. And then also we'll finish the episode talking about the current status of New York Mets ace pitcher Max Scherzer. We'll also talk about a you know really cool event that happened over the weekend for the Baltimore Orioles. And then we'll talk about the Seattle Mariners making a pretty decent veteran signing. Now, once again, before we do start today's episode, I do want to ask y'all if y'all do enjoy you know everyday sport news or just everyday sports content I definitely and highly suggest following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both platforms. Link will be down in the description for both of those. So, guys, let's get right into today's college football segment. We got no time to waste because we have a decent amount of college football news to talk about today. So, the first news is regarding four-star running back Cedric Irvin Jr., who actually was committed to Notre Dame about, uh, he committed back in late, of September of 2021 so he, he'd been committed for a while and actually it, it just happened on May 20th he announced that he would be decommitting from Notre Dame now in case you don't know he currently goes to high school at Columbus High School in Miami Florida so maybe Miami might be a school to look out for possibly Alabama Arizona or just some other schools which once again, would not shock me, especially the fact what Mario Cristobal has done for the Miami Hurricanes just in the short couple months he has been there since being hired from Oregon. So definitely a huge recruit to look out for. He was ranked as the 310th ranked prospect in the 2023 class and the 21st ranked running back in the 2023 class. So definitely a huge recruit wherever he goes. I definitely would look at a lot of the Florida schools possibly to land him since he is from the Miami area. Now, the next news we have is regarding four-star wide receiver Ashton Cozart, who was originally an Oklahoma commit. Now, over the weekend, Ashton Cozart actually decided to flip from Oklahoma and instead will be going to the University of Oregon. So he will be still going to a uh, UO school, just not the UO school that he, you know, that a lot of Oklahoma fans want. You're probably like, well, OU is different than UO, but... It is the University of Oklahoma, and then you got the University of Oregon. Anyway, besides the fact he had been committed to the Oklahoma Sooners since February 4th, and in a in a post on his social media, he said, first and foremost, nothing I've achieved would be possible without God and everything he has blessed me with. I want to thank the University of Oklahoma for the opportunity to play at the next level and the fans for the love and support. My recruiting experience has taught me so much, and after a long talk with my family and mentors, I have made a decision to go into another direction. 
the biggest factors with my decision are development, culture, and the relationships I have with the university. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest most of my life and have dreamed of playing at Oregon since I was a kid. Therefore, being said, I will be flipping my commitment to the University of Oregon Skull Ducks. Now, in case you don't know a little bit about um, Ashton Cozart, he is a six foot one, 181-pound wide receiver out of Marcus High School in Flower Mound, Texas. And now he was ranked as the number 32 ranked player in Texas and the 12th ranked receiver in the class of 2023. So obviously a very huge get for Dan Lanning and the, the Oregon Ducks. Nothing less. I mean, he also will be joining fellow 2023 recruits, Jurian Dickey, Cole Martin, and Tavita Pomi and running back also, and also another running back, Dante Dowdle in a group that is now ranked the number 21st in 24 seven sports overall ranking for the 2023 recruiting cycle. So, Watch out for Dan Lanning and these Oregon Ducks to continue dominating the recruiting surface. It's only going to get better from, you know, at this point on. I mean, the fact they were able to switch a kid that, you know, per, you know, plays down in Texas, you know, obviously OU's building something great as well. But that just shows how much these players really do want to play for Dan Lanning and the new kind of, I guess you could say, energy that will be coming from the Oregon Ducks. Now, the next news we have, and it's also regarding Oregon again. Trust me, they they did not want to stop. It is regarding former four-star wide receiver and Texas A&M wide receiver Caleb Chapman. Now, Caleb Chapman is a six-foot-five, two hundred-pound wide receiver out of Friendswood, Texas. Now, he originally committed to the Aggies back in late 2017, so he'd been there for gosh knows how long. He was a part of the 2018 class. He was ranked the 354th ranked player in the whole country, so a pretty decent pickup. He had been with the Aggies for. I mean, however long you could say, but back in early April, he actually decided to enter the transfer portal, probably due to depth, you know, obviously A&M and their $30 million NIL sp spendings. They got a buttload of receivers, most predominantly Evan Stewart, the number one wide receiver in the 2022 class. Now, he announced over the weekend that he would be committing and transferring to the Oregon Ducks. So Oregon continues to bastard up their wide receiver room. I mean... He also does run a 4-4-40, which is actually insane for a guy that is six foot six at his height. So nothing less, another huge wide receiver get for the Oregon Ducks. The next news we have is, is regarding former Arizona State wide receiver Ricky Purcell. Now he is six foot six foot one, 195 pounds, and he originally went to Corona del Sol High School out of Tempe, Arizona. Now. Not not a high recruit coming out of high school. He was only a three-star, but he did commit to the Arizona State Sun Devils back in the class of 2019. Now, also kind of similar to Caleb Chapman, he decided to enter the transfer portal late in last April, and he actually just announced on May 21st that he will be committing to the Florida Gators. So Billy Napier continues to kind of dominate the recruiting cycle and a little bit of transfer portal. I mean, he hasn't been, I wouldn't say, okay, I take that back. I wouldn't say dominating, but he definitely has been making an impact compared to when Dan Mullen was there. But once again, don't forget, Dan Mullen was great at recruiting, but I think, you know, a lot of these guys, they really do believe in Billy Napier and what he is building down there in Gainesville. So decent pickup for the Florida Gators. Now, the biggest transfer portal news we have, and this is obviously what kind of started a huge chain reaction throughout the whole college football landscape. This is regarding 2021 Belenikoff winner and former Pitt wide receiver Jordan Addison. Now, once again, Jordan Addison, he was a four-star recruit coming out of the 2020 cycle, ranked as the 275th player in the country. And once again, he originally did commit to pick back in early 2019. So he'd been at Pitt for the past couple of years and most predominantly won the Belenikoff last season. But as we all know, 
back in early May, he actually decided to enter the transfer portal after speculation that USC was offering him some huge NIL deal to come with the Trojans. And it's kind of sad that, you know, that, you know, a really great wide receiver, his whole, I guess you could say, second commitment, second recruiting thing had to be kind of just dominated by this whole new pandemic or, or epidemic, not pandemic, epidemic that we're having right now in college football where it's practically like free agency 2.0, but even worse because it's not as structured. But anyway, Jordan Addison actually announced on May 19th that he would be officially committing to the USC Trojans. Now, his final two schools were Texas and USC, and I generally thought Texas probably could have had a had a huge shot to land him considering that, you know, Texas is pretty much as appealing, if not more, than USC simply for the fact that boosters will probably offer you a lot more down there in Austin, but nothing less. I think his decision has a lot to do with the fact there's a lot more opportunities out there in L.A. for NIL, and also his quarterback will be Caleb Williams, who could possibly be contending for a Heisman Trophy this season. So, I mean, Lincoln Riley practically is destroyed transfer portal I mean he's gotten every single player pretty much that has come out of the transfer portal that's any that you know is relatively known and I mean Jordan Jordan Addison will absolutely have a huge impact for the USC Trojans going into the 2022 season anyway we only have a couple more transfer portal news guys I promise not gonna have too too much more but the next news we have is regarding former Arizona State defensive lineman Jermaine Lowley now, Jermaine, he was a three-star recruit coming out of the 2018 class. Obviously, he's been you know, in college football for a long time. I think he only has about one or two years of eligibility left. But after entering the transfer portal in early May, he actually decided on May 20th that he will be committing to the Louisville Cardinals. So, decent pickup for Louisville. That's actually done pretty good recruiting in their 2023 cycle. So, watch out for Louisville. Maybe to finally break the top 25 come this year. And then finally, guys, for the last transfer portal news we have is regarding former four-star and highly recruited um, wide receiver D'Angelo Gibbs. Now, D'Angelo Gibbs was part of the 2017 class. He was ranked as the 49th ranked player in the country and the fourth ranked safety at the time in the country. Now, he originally committed to Georgia, but after not really playing too, too much at Georgia back in late or not late, sorry, guys, back in early 2019, he actually decided to transfer to Tennessee. And, I mean, he's been average at best after he did transition from safety. But, once again, still was a very highly touted kid coming out of high school. But he actually decided to make another transfer. So, he, so on May 20th, D'Angelo officially announced that he would be entering the transfer portal. So, I really don't know where he could possibly go. I mean, he is from Georgia. So, I mean, he, most specifically Grayson High School, which Grayson High School is one of the most predominant high school football programs in the whole country so maybe he makes his return to Georgia but probably at like Georgia Tech or a smaller school or he somehow makes his way to you know maybe another power five school I don't really know too too much I haven't really heard a lot about him but I know the fact that schools will take him simply for the fact he was a very highly touted kid coming out of high school now the final college football news guys that I have for, for y'all today is regarding the whole Nick Saban situation where he was calling out Texas A&M, Deion Sanders, and all these college schools that were pretty much wrongfully recruiting kids via NIL and just not doing it the right way. Now in case you don't remember, Nick Saban had a, I think it was like a meeting or something with some Alabama people or whatnot, but he, you know, he went out and said, you know, we were second in recruiting right behind Texas A&M who bought every single player on the roster, pretty much saying, you know, y'all literally offer these kids a buttload of money stuff that they cannot resist especially because you know they are young they're not going to deny five hundred thousand six hundred thousand 
But, I mean, when you look at how drastic of a change they had, I mean, <clears throat> they went 8-4, and I think it was like 8-4 and four last season, and then all of a sudden they have the greatest recruiting class of all time once NIL kicks in. Now, don't get me wrong, Jimbo Fisher is going to be building something very special down there in Aggieland, that's without a doubt. But I do think, obviously, there's a lot of cash flow involved in this. Texas A&M is one of the more rich schools in um, Texas, so it was bound to happen. But besides the point, Jimbo Fisher, Deion Sanders, they all came out with their own statements about the thing. And then Nick Saban officially made an actual appearance and said, you know, my intent was never to, you know, trash any of these guys or anything like that. I just want to expose the, you know, harsh reality of what is college football recruiting right now because it, that is true. I mean, these kids are getting paid absurd amount of money just to play college football. Now, I think they need to get paid, but there needs to be regulations. There needs to be rules because we can't just let these schools illegally recruit these kids. And then we have pretty much, you know, four main schools in the whole country that are dominant and no one else is because, like Nick Saban said, he's going to have to end up start matching these schools, you know, amount of money they're putting towards NIL and all this just to be able to get back up to that level because kids aren't going to want to go to Alabama anymore simply just to, you know, win a national championship. They're going to want to go to a school to get paid, which it makes sense. I mean, no one would deny the money, so that's where no one should blame this on kids or anything like that. This is simply the fault of boosters in outside organizations that schools are hiring to pay these kids. But anyway, guys, that is it for today's college football news. I know we had a lot of commitments, a lot of transfers, a lot of transfer portal news. But I thank y'all for sticking it out with me. So let's get into some NFL news, which we actually don't have a really a lot. But the first you know, news that we do have is regarding the Cleveland Browns and defensive end Jadavion Clowney. Now, Jadavion Clowney kind of had a bounce back year with the Browns last season. Not really the greatest statistically, but his impact on the field was definitely noticeable alongside him and Miles Garrett. Now, nothing less the Cleveland Browns, they will actually be re-signing Jadavion Clowney to a one-year $11 million deal so that Browns will be able to continue to keep that very solid defensive line. And Jadavion actually declined multiple $14 to $15 million contracts from other teams in the league just so he could stay with the Browns. So obviously, the players still have faith in the Browns. I know a lot of people are kind of like doubting them because of the whole Deshaun Watson situation. We don't know how many games Deshaun will get suspended yet or if he will get suspended at all for his... um sexual assault or whatever situation that he had about a year or two ago down in Houston, but nothing less great keep for the Cleveland Browns. The next news we have is regarding the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks, they are signing wide receiver Marquise Goodwin to a one-year deal. I actually personally loved Marquise Goodwin. I loved watching him at Texas. I mean, he's a speed guy. I mean, Olympic Olympic type speed. Him and Tyreek Hill are very similar speed-wise, but he's kind of dealt with a lot of injury issues. Most recently, he played for the Chicago Bears, so hopefully he does get things around up in Seattle. I don't expect him to have a huge, huge impact, considering they already have kind of a smaller speedster in Tyler Lockett, but definitely could be a great rotational piece to give Tyler Lockett some rest. And finally, we will be talking about two most notable players that will be skipping Team OTAs, and this will be regarding Debo Samuel this San Francisco 49ers star wide receiver. Now, it was originally reported about a month ago that Debo Samuel was officially seeking a trade from the 49ers. He didn't like his contract situation. He didn't like the role that he was being used in San Francisco as a kind of Swiss Army knife player, if you want to say, like Taysom Hill most predominantly. So, officially requested a trade, and then it seemed like things started to die down a couple weeks later. And it looks like Debo Samuel, he's still very unhappy about his contract situation. So Debo Samuel officially announced that he will not be attending this week's 49ers OTAs. So 
that's probably just him holding out because he wants a lot more clarity about his contract situation, which I don't blame him. He deserves to get paid, but the 49ers also have, you know, a right to, you know, not pay him due to the fact that he was injured for like the first couple years of his NFL career. But anyways, and then the second player that will be actually skipping OTAs in this whole week of OTAs, it is Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray we has already spoken out multiple times about how he does not like the fact the Cardinals are so reluctant to give him a huge contract considering, you know, he wants to be paid up there with guys like Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, and all those other quarterbacks. But the thing is, and I, and I mean, once again, the Cardinals also have a right to be very uncertain. He just has not had any playoff success or any playoff experience to really be given this guy an eight-year, $260 million contract to keep him as your franchise quarterback. He has the skills. He has the athleticism. We all know that. He's a great scrambler. He can throw a long ball. Sometimes it might be a little, you know, not in control, but he can definitely throw a long ball. But anyway, he will also be holding out of OTA. So just continue to monitor those two situations because they are very those are two very dominant players in the NFL and could possibly be seeking trades if their demands are not met here eventually. Now, for the final football news we have, this isn't regarding the NFL. Well, it, it kind of is regarding the NFL, but not really. Former longtime quarterback in the NFL, Michael Vick, he's actually agreed to play in the fan-controlled football league alongside Terrell Owens, Johnny Manziel, and a lot of former NFL players. I think this is really cool. I like what the fan-controlled football league is doing. It's given a lot of old NFL players just a second chance to kind of be able to continue to play the game they love, and we get to see Michael Vick absolutely dominate on just 50 yards of field, so that'll be really cool to see. I, I really want to see if he still has the same arm because, I mean, in case y'all don't remember that iconic play that he had with him and Deshaun Watson back in early 2010s where Michael Vick was rolling out to his left and absolutely threw a dime off his back leg that went like 60-something yards, and it was absolutely a dot to Deshaun Watson for a touchdown. They were playing the, at the time, Washington Redskins, so it was absolutely fantastic. Michael Vick, he has a great arm. Now, I know, obviously, Michael Vick and his whole situation he had earlier in the 2000s definitely hurt his career because he could have been a Hall of Famer, but once nothing less, he is very talented. It will be cool to see him playing football again. Now, guys, that is it for today's NFL segment. There's no more news really to talk about regarding the NFL. Not too, too much has gone on besides OTAs and all that starting now the, during this week, but I will monitor that and we'll kind of see, you know, what players are dominating, what rookies are looking really good, what rookies aren't looking good. But at the same time, make sure to take it with a grain of salt because we saw last year with Jamar Chase when people were saying, oh, he couldn't catch balls, you know, he's going to be a bust. Guy comes out and ends up being the offensive rookie of the year. So, anyway, make sure to always take that with a grain of salt from a lot of these guys that do come out and report on it. But anyway, let's get on to some MLB news. Now, the first news I want to talk about is regarding New York Mets ace pitcher Max Scherzer. Now, during a game against the St. Louis Cardinals this past weekend, Max Scherzer was, you know, having his, you know, rotational start and he looked to have a lot of side discomfort and actually ended up pulling himself out of the game due to a lot of pain. And the New York Mets actually announced that Max Scherzer will be out six to eight weeks with an oblique strain. So once again, the Mets continue to get dominated with injuries to their starting pitchers. Jacob deGrom, he's out for God knows how long. So just continue to monitor that situation because, I mean, if this team could genuinely stay healthy, they would be one of the most dominant teams in MLB, and they still are right now. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Mets are one of the better teams in baseball, but if they could have a healthy rotation, a healthy lineup, no one could stop these Mets in my opinion. 
But anyway, guys, and then for the news that I was talking about with the Baltimore Orioles a little bit earlier on in the episode, it's actually pretty cool. So MLB's top prospect and Baltimore Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, he actually finally got called up to the major leagues, and in his first ever game, he hit a triple. Now, you're probably wondering, oh, this is probably after his first, first or second hit. No, no, no. His first ever career hit in the major leagues was for a triple. The crowd erupted. His family, I love the reaction they had. Y'all can probably look it up somewhere on Twitter or Instagram. It was absolutely fantastic to see his family just super happy. I'm happy for him because he had a really cool moment at the beginning of the game where he was kind of soaking in the fact that, hey, I finally made it to the big leagues. And I think he really will be a stud for the Orioles long term. I know the Orioles, they've got a pretty decent farm system as well as like the Rangers, the Mariners. Most I think the, I think the Pirates have a pretty good farm system too, so... Definitely continue to watch a lot of these bottom feeder teams, maybe to get a little bit better. Now, the Reds, there's no help in the Reds. I don't think a farm system that's even halfway decent would help them, let alone a good free agency, because, I mean, they just, they are helpless, especially after they had that very notorious no-hitter loss that I still can't believe the Reds actually just accomplished history, but just not history that you want to be known for. And then finally, guys, the final news we have is regarding the Seattle Mariners. Now, the Mariners, they're actually wanting to get some more depth in their outfield, so they went out and signed, for, they, uh, they went out and signed veteran off outfielder Justin Upton to a major league deal, probably for one year or whatnot. Now, now in case you don't know, Justin Upton, he most previously was with the Los Angeles Angels on a huge contract. The Angels didn't want to pay him, rightfully so. Not because he was playing bad, but he is aging and obviously they're going to want to go younger. So they ended up uh, DFAing him. And then finally, he got picked up by a team because we had no idea when he would get picked up. I mean, I knew he would, but I just don't know what team he would get to. But he actually will stay in the AL West with the Seattle Mariners. Now, guys, that is it for today's episode. It was a little bit short. I didn't want to keep y'all too, too long today because I know it's obviously it's Monday. It's the start to y'all's week. So I want to make sure y'all get off to a great start, at least have some sports news to, you know, listen to throughout the day. But anyway, guys, I thank y'all so, so much for listening. Not watching. I almost said watching. Thank y'all so much for listening to today's podcast. I really enjoyed making it. Now, before y'all do go, once again, please make sure that you are following both the, in- the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both of those platforms. Links will always be down in the description of today's episode. Guys, once again, if you do really feel like supporting the, the podcast even further, I highly suggest checking out the subscriptions on Anchor, anchor.com. Absolutely fantastic. It helps support me. It's only $4.99 a month. It allows me to continue to better the quality of the podcast and eventually be able to give y'all great, great supporters some exclusive perks. But anyway, guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Monday. I hope y'all have a fantastic start to y'all's week. And I will see y'all back here on Wednesday. Peace.